106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. By the go, you know the you know the thing. Um, just today. Uh, President Biden gave a speech, and here's what he told the American people. He told the American people that their 401ks have crashed, and the gas has gone from $2 to $5 because the economy is so good. Uh, no, no, no one believes that. No one believes that. I truly believe we've made extraordinary progress by laying a new foundation for our economy. I don't believe you. Okay. I don't believe you. Okay. That's where we're starting, but I, I don't believe you. These people are crazy. It would be a direct assault on the fundamental right to self-determination, to live and love without interference from the government. At its core, this is about our future as a nation about whether we live in a country where the government can interfere in personal decisions. About whether we live in a country where the government can interfere in personal decisions. <laughs> you serious? Did you know that BLM bought a mansion to launder money? And I'm not talking about the three houses Patrice Cullors bought for $3 million. I'm talking about this $6 million mansion. So this guy is a real estate developer and he bought that original mansion for $3 million. Just a few days later, the mansion was transferred to Black Lives Matter and they paid $5.8 million. And of course, this real estate developer has connections to BLM. The house was bought from all the millions of donations they received in 2020. Here they are one year later at the mansion celebrating the anniversary of George Floyd's murder. Of course they're celebrating. That's how they were able to buy mansions. I'm glad their darkness is coming to light and I hope more people wake up and don't get hustled by them again. And those of us who have been exposing them from the beginning, you owe us an apology. Again, this administration's agenda is to control the food and control the people. Biden wants to push OSHA into an extreme heat index for outside workers. You guys want to know what he thinks is hot? 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Let me tell you, here in Tennessee, it gets humid. And I push past because guess what? My girls still got to get fed, and that's my priority. And I chose this life in agriculture to feed you and your families. And they are trying to put fear in our lives. They're trying to kill off the American farmer. I know we moved from California because regulations were getting so bad and they were providing water to Los Angeles and San Francisco instead of the Central Valley. And they're doing it across America, trying to regulate our land, take our land, take our water rights. It is happening. It is time to wake up and start supporting your local farmers and buy local. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Oh!
Chuck Schumer says it's all your fault, of course, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned. Obviously, he's talking about those three pro-life uh, Supreme Court justices. Yeah. Can you pack your thoughts? Well, a lot of people are very happy about that. Of course. So some people maybe say it's my fault, and some people say thank you very much. today. This is Lou Benninger, and this is No Hostages Radio, episode 169, and it will pop up on June 25, 2022. That's a Saturday, if everything's holding straight over here in uh, California on the left coast. Um, Thank you for listening for as long as you hold on today. Uh, It is a, I'm, I'm, putting this together a couple days ahead on Thursday night and it is smoking here in Northern California. So some of you that don't never maybe lived here, some of you that have, you know exactly what's going on in Northern California when it starts breaking 100, it just gets uh, uncomfortable. And so we got a little of that heat this afternoon. So I'm, I'm trying to get this show done a little early because it gets really hot in this corner of my house where I'm doing it. So, um, you can reach me if you uh, would like to follow up or send me information or make a comment. Uh, you can text me at 530-713-1838. I'll give that number a couple more times throughout the show, 530-713-1838, or at Lou, uh, w- uh, email site, uh, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. So that's connected to our website, NoHostagesRadio.com. And you can go back and and listen if you missed an episode or you want to read an article I've written or something. Uh, you can go check that. We also do a a live show. This this will come up uh, on the internet on on the twenty fifth of June, and also a live show will will uh, be done uh, from ten a.m. to one p.m. left coast time, and it's live on KMYC fourteen ten a.m. in uh, Yuba County. And if you want to listen to that from wherever you are in the world, you can go to live365.com, live365.com, click on radio, and then put in the call letters KMYC, just the letters, and it should come up live stream if it's working. Uh, Sometimes you guys go over there and then you text me and say, it's not working, and so we need to get a techie to reboot it over on our end. So that happens uh, The show's a little different. We cover some similar topics, but sometimes uh, things develop in 48 hours from one prep to the other prep, and so some things change. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, We're here once a week, and we're at the live show once a week as well. All of it kind of comes together on Saturdays. So uh, again, we're in California, Northern California. That's about uh, north of Sacramento. We call Northern California north of San Francisco, uh, actually, a lot of people call San Francisco Northern California, but there's geographical Northern California, and then there's kind of philosophical Northern California. In other words, the uh, Northern NorCal think uh, that doesn't descend into San Francisco. They think different than us, so they're more affiliated with L.A. So no hard feelings. Uh, you know, I'm into having a free country, and uh, don't dislike people in Southern California. just don't want to be them. And uh, that's true of all our states, right? That's how we got 50 states. We could have just had one big country. Uh, 
And everybody said the same thing. That's how we started out before the Tower of Babel, by the way, where everybody spoke the same language. But even though we speak the same language in this country, primarily English, um, it sounds different in various parts of the country. And folks just think different in different parts of the country, don't they? So the nice thing is uh, we give everybody a little buffer and grace. Uh, It all works out until people start trying to um, push their agenda on our lives and force us into their agenda while calling us intolerant uh, while actually they are intolerant. So that's what we're in the midst of a fight over today. It's not so much that we've always believed the same from the beginning of this country. That never has been the case. But what was different was that the Constitution allowed people to think differently, talk differently, spend their lives doing different things. And uh, people may have opinions about how you think, talk, spend your life, but it's not up to them to come and uh, force you to do something else. That's a different type of government. We call it communism. And I, I work closely in communist governments, uh, to, even till, to right now. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't read it in a book and then come and recite it here or read it in a pamphlet or listen to it on YouTube. I'm actually involved in it for the last uh, 30 years. So uh, before you lecture me on it, uh, maybe you should think it over before you. But I'm always interested in your comments, even if you're, they're hateful. So I have hateful comments every once in a while. Don't worry about them. So one of the recent things that's uh, been happening is that We've now, uh, in at least I'll just speak for California, and I, I've looked at some of the other states, like I know Virginia has been really forward thinking, if you're, or you can call it backward thinking, and uh, critical race theory and multigenders and all that kind of stuff. And, and probably it's throughout the 50 states. We just don't know it because it's not being publicized. But Bill Maher, who is known as a, a spokesperson, a comedian, and really a very bright guy, and has uh, usually some very liberal uh, ideas, but he's changing, uh, or maybe they're changing, liberals. And uh, he was quoted as saying this. He said, if kids knew what they wanted to do or wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. I wanted to be a pirate. Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg surgery. And uh, I'm sure you I'm not going to spend a lot of time telling you why uh, or the analogy there, but I think uh, we need to pay attention to that. And uh, and I'm, if we get around to it, I'll be talking to more about the uh, drug in search of a of a problem uh, where we got Ritalin uh, later in the show if I have time. Uh, but if not, I'll maybe write an article about it. So that's Bill Maher. If kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. I just, you know, I thought of that when we just finished the NBA finals and I think three or four of the NBA, uh, the warrior, uh, players, the top players there are all, uh, sons of fathers who played in the NBA. So I'm wondering whether they, you know, sometimes kids grow up. I won't be just like my dad, Right. And I want to be a contractor, I want to be a firefighter, I want to be a farmer, I want to be this, that, and the other thing. So, but Bill Maher, I think, is right on target. If, he said the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses if they we judged on what their occupational goals were at age eight. 
He said, I wanted to be a pirate, so I'm thankful that my parents didn't schedule me for eye removal uh, and peg leg surgery. So, you know, I, I just love memes because they, um, they, they're able, I'm able to glean information from them that I have, I agree with it sometimes and I and don't agree sometimes, but sometimes they're just fascinating the way people think. So here's one, this guy's holding a chalkboard up. He said, this is the USA. There is no one coming to our rescue if things go sideways here. No one will be resupplying us. No one will airdrop food, ammunition, medicine. There is no place to escape to for freedom. This is it. So <clears throat> I love this because it's not only true, but it's been stated by people fleeing and where they were fleeing persecution when they got to America and when people that were seasoned in America and uh, taking it for granted talked about a particular issue about this or that, the Cubans said, listen, you don't understand if we lose freedom here, there is nowhere else to go. And so it's interesting. A lot of my friends have moved to other states for more freedom. And right now there's a few places to go, right? And uh, you, you, I don't have to describe or spend waste time telling you what states those are. You've got those figured out if you've done a little research. But at some point, if we don't stop what's going on in California and New York and some of these other states, a few of these other very liberal states, Virginia is another very liberal state, uh, we're, we are going to have a major meltdown in this country, and there is no, nowhere else to go. Um, so I wanted to give you a little bit of COVID news. You remember COVID? Uh, now it's all it's with us always, and we still have the government following COVID protocol inside the jails, juvenile halls, inside the halls of uh, their big government bureaucracies. People are still wearing masks over there. It's totally ridiculous. You know, when you go to a hospital that claims to be full of scientists that have the the brightest and best people in terms of saving people's lives, and then they believe in superstition. That's pretty scary because, you know, when the Hmong first came here in the late 70s and early 80s and they, they got sick, just like we all get sick, and they went to the hospital, they were totally freaked out. And they didn't believe in Western medicine, and so they would kill a chicken and lay it under the bed of the person in the hospital. They had all these what we call from the West superstitions, right? They would, uh, they would always sacrifice animals if they wanted their wife to get pregnant or if somebody died or if they were wanting a healthy birth or if they wanted a good crop, they would go through ritualistic sacrifice and shed blood. And so we call those in the West superstitions. Now, uh, we have embraced superstitions in the West and do things that have no, co they don't have any scientific basis. In fact, they're bad for us. They're just the opposite of what they say. For instance, wearing a mask, watching, washing your hands repeatedly throughout the day. Uh, staying inside your house uh, and and uh, self-isolating, uh, getting an injection of a chemical that you have no idea what's in it, and on and on and on. It's called all the COVID protocols, the PCR test, which was a fraud from the very beginning. And today, if you go to Adventist Hospital, like I have a friend, I've just met his wife, I uh, was in a car accident, and he said, to visit my wife, I have to go get a PCR test every few days and wait for the 
test results to actually get in the front door of, of the uh, hospital to go visit my wife. Uh, this is unbelievable, people. The PCR test is a fraud. The masks are fraud. The shot is going to kill people. And I, I have some COVID news today. So I'm going to have a little segment, I think, for a while called COVID News. And so I've just been noticing a lot of young people uh, dying. <clears throat> and, um, and the reason I notice them is that they're well-known young people among some folks. I don't know them personally and, and don't follow them personally, but they're maybe television personalities or rock stars or athletes, famous athletes. So a uh, former, former X factor contestant and stereo kicks band member, Tom Mann said he's broken after his fiance died suddenly on the morning of their wedding day. PR executive Danielle Hampson, 34, shockingly died. That's his spouse or fiance. They had a child together. She died on Saturday morning, only hours before the couple were to be married, according to TMZ. The Saturday wedding was a backup date after the ceremony had been delayed from September of 2020 due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. The cause of Hampson's death has not been determined. Okay, there's one. So I'm I'm considering all the have not been determined yet COVID deaths from the shot, the COVID jab deaths. Okay, you say, oh, well, Lou, you can't do that. Listen, we just been through two and a half years of people calling a fart a COVID fart. If you farted, you had COVID, right? If you had a headache, you had COVID. Uh, if you got up in the morning and you got up on the wrong side of the bed, you had COVID. Everything was COVID. You could have a positive. PCR test, a negative PCR test, a positive, a negative, a positive, a negative, no symptoms at all of anything. And they sent you eventually home along with all your coworkers. You talk about crazy nonsense. So until they prove it that these aren't COVID deaths, I'm going with them. So the next one is the Ravens. That's a Baltimore Ravens National Football League linebacker. Jalon Ferguson dies at age 26. No, he didn't. He wasn't in a shooting. He wasn't beat down. He wasn't run over in a fight. Um, so it says uh, Ferguson named Sack Daddy because he ran in and sacked the quarterback. He played three NFL seasons. He's all with Baltimore. Uh, he set the career sacks record in uh, football bowl subdivision, uh, his subdivision. When he played for Louisiana Tech, he, he uh, sacked 45 times. Anyway, the police say um, patrol officers responded to his home. Uh, they said once there, officers located Jalen Ferguson unresponsive being treated by medics. Ferguson was ne never regained consciousness and was pronounced dead on the scene by medics. No signs of trauma or foul play suspected at this time. Uh, okay, that's Ferguson. Uh, the other one uh, that I want to mention to you is that there's a guy named uh, Barnett, Matthew Barnett, who's 40 or so, and he isn't dead, but he has had a stroke. And he had the reason he had a stroke was that <clears throat> a blood clot landed up in his brain. And so now he's all screwed up and he's in his uh, early 40s. So that's also a COVID damage. I'm considering it a COVID damage as well. OK, so let's move on to gun control. I have a picture here of a handsome Joe Biden and uh, back in the day, 1985. 
and uh, he's sitting in his chair in his office. He had hair. He had dark hair, and uh, he had quite a bit of hair compared to today. All of us change over time. And here's a quote from Joe Biden. I have never, said Joe, I have never believed that additional gun control or federal registration of guns would reduce crime. He said this on the floor of the Senate on July 1985. I'm convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, untraceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. Now, I used to go into juvenile hall before COVID. You know, it's interesting, you know, there, you know, in history, we look at before Jesus, after Jesus, right? B.C., before Christ, right? Before the crucifixion. And uh, so uh, now I talk a lot in before COVID in, in terms of what I did with my life, before COVID, after COVID. So, uh, so, before COVID, I would go into juvenile hall a lot, and I was talking to the kids in there one day, just one-on-one, or a group of them were sitting around me on recreational night, and I was telling them how I wanted to buy a couple of guns and, um, in case I needed to defend myself. And, they, and I, was, I didn't want guns that were uh, registered guns, right, where the government, and I didn't want to have to go through a background check. They said, oh, Lou, we got guns. We'll sell, we'll sell you guns. The point I'm making here isn't to be cool or something. I'm just saying to you that kids in juvenile hall who aren't seasoned criminals, but they all have guns and they have purchased guns. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to beat this. Uh, This is a, have you ever, I I have these concepts now of, have you ever been into a hoarder's house? I've been in a number of houses in my work with the chaplaincy and police and fire where we went in and that house was a house of a hoarder. And that house at one time was completely empty. And when the people moved in over many, many years, they accumulated stuff. There's something in your brain that allows you to accumulate stuff and justify keeping stuff that you really never really get around to using. So I saw this uh, I, and I'm, I'm in the process now because I'm getting older of getting rid of things that I know I'm not going to use. I always thought I'd keep stuff. I'm going to use it. So I'm in the process of decluttering, right? And uh, so this one person wrote, uh, there's a, the Japanese have a decluttering method. So this person said, I tried the Japanese method of decluttering where you hold every object that you own. And if it does not bring you joy, you throw it away. Now, I thought that was a good deal. Like I look at clothes and I think, man, I'm going to wear that piece of clothes in a hundred years, Right. And uh, like that's a Civil War uniform or something like that. And so, you know, then they say, oh, if you haven't worn that in so much time, you should get rid of it. Right. So this person said in the Japanese method, every object that you own, uh, hold it in your hand for a minute. And if it does not bring you joy, throw it out and says. So this person said, I love this. So far, I've thrown out all my vegetables, my bra, the electric bill, the scale, a mirror and my treadmill. All right. So uh Let's see. Um, we just got about one minute. Let me just mention, start mentioning some of the people. We have more and more people that, that are helping us here uh, stay on the Internet and on the radio. So I just want to give a shout-out to my friends at All Power Services. That's Will and Josh. Uh, and if you think, what's, what do they do over there? Well, just think of anything that has power to it, and they fix it. So uh, if that's your lawnmower, if that's your edger, if that's your uh, chainsaw, if that's if you have a big rig with a 52 foot trailer, that's that they fix all kinds of things. They do fleet work. 
They just get it on. So they're out in Yuba City, South Yuba City at 1469 Stewart Road. So they have an email that kind of matches that. It's allpower1469 at gmail.com, allpower1469 gmail. And their number, phone number, 530-844-0347. They all also are very uh, top-of-the-line, super-certified, uh, very creative fabricator welders. So if you need something repaired, fixed, designed, added onto uh, your equipment or your vehicle or whatever, uh, they know how to do it and, and they will be glad to help you. So get a hold of them and they will serve you well. We're going to take a break. We're going to have five more segments, about three or four minutes worth of clips, about five minutes worth of clips, I think. And it will be right back. President promised help is on the way, and today help has arrived. Nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Okay, hi you guys. Uh, Biden's supporter here voted for him and would do it again. Just to clarify, I would vote for him again, okay? But I'm here to talk about how annoyed I am with people talking about high gas prices oh it's uh, gas prices are so high i hate high gas prices oh inflation and i can't pay my bills get over yourselves okay this can be so easily solved okay and i solved it i solved it myself you know what i did i did guess what i did okay i went and bought myself an electric car okay i went down to a dealership it's so simple this is what you do you go down to a dealership and you're like, hi, I would like to buy an electric car. And the guy there, the guy there, he's like, okay, ma'am, what kind of car would you like? And then you tell them what kind of electric car you want. And then you pay them the money. And it's like 45 to like a hundred thousand dollars. It's like so easy. And you just give them the money and then you drive away in your electric car. And now, guess what, guys? I don't worry about gas prices because I'm driving around in my electric car. And I'm also saving the planet. I'm saving the planet while you guys are destroying it. I am saving it. And I don't know exactly where electricity comes from, but I know it's amazing. And I know it's such a good thing. And, 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 and now my problem is solved, okay? And you can solve the problem yourselves if you would just go out and buy an electric car. Okay. This is astounding. This is how ridiculously partisan Liz Cheney and the committee is. Now, understand, they're making the case that tr the reason Trump lit the fire of the insurrectionists is he didn't send them home. That's the whole narrative. He didn't tell them to go home. While she's in the middle of her diatribe about how Trump didn't tell them to go home, she posts a tweet on the giant screen, which we're going to play. Watch it at Salem News Channel, Rumble, MikeOnline.com. If you're streaming the show, if you've got a smartphone nearby a computer, check this out. Listen and watch if you're watching, and I'll narrate it for you if you're not watching. 
the tweet that Liz Cheney posted while complaining that Trump didn't send the, send the rioters home when he should have. Donald Trump tweeted, but he did not condemn the attack. Instead, he justified it. These are the things and events that happen, he said, when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who've been badly and unfairly treated for so long. That was it. She left out, go home with love and peace. He says in that very same tweet, she stopped at the part where it says unfairly treated for so long. The tweet that she put up on the screen says, go home with love and in peace. Oh, so you mean Trump literally told them to go home? You just said he didn't tell them to go home. Now, she's so twisted and so demented that she thinks people can't see the tweet that she put up on the screen. You know, the supply chain issues affecting milk, meat, and gas are also increasing drug overdoses in the United States. Heroin production requires poppies to be grown, processed, transported, which is impacted now by supply chain issues. So drug dealers and cartels are now having to rely more on fentanyl, a very potent, dangerous synthetic drug that's really made quickly and easily in a lab. Fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin, so it's much easier to overdose. For example, the tiniest amount of fentanyl, literally as small amount as a pinch of salt, can be enough to get someone to stop breathing and die. Imagine what that could do to a heroin user who has no idea that fentanyl is in their drug supply. got a few more small things and then we'll get into some more long longer discussions i don't know whether you have ever run across carol swain s-w-a-i-n she was uh, i think history or political science professor at university of virginia i believe it was anyway she's retired and she you can hear her speak around different places like for young americans or on prager university Her recent quote is pretty profound, provocative. She says, the universities have been destroyed. That's a pretty big statement. I have friends that send their kids to university, and in their mind, they're the same universities maybe they went to or that they would have liked to gone to and didn't go. The universities have been destroyed. The university is over. The university is not a marketplace for ideas. It is an indoctrination center. I want you to hold that thought. These aren't cute sayings, people. These are very serious deals. I know some people in our church that have kids in, in uh, mainline universities. And uh, I hope their kids come out the same person in terms of values, morals, and values. One thing to be more intelligent or have more knowledge is another thing to trade out your morals and values and have been d- indoctrinated. So she says, I mean, this lady made her entire living uh, working for a, a top flight. Uh, university and um, 
So I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my phone. I was just getting a text. <clears throat> and this one, uh, how bad is it? So this person writes, how bad is the economy? The economy is so bad that I got a pre-declined credit card in the mail. CEOs are now playing miniature golf. ExxonMobil laid off 25 congressmen. Angelina Jolie adopted a child from America. Motel 6 won't leave the light on anymore. A picture is now worth only 200 words. They renamed Wall Street, Walmart Street. Finally, I called a suicide hotline and I got a call center in Pakistan. And when I told them I was suicidal, they got all excited and asked if I could drive a truck. I want to also mention Disney. Uh, some friends of mine just posted on Facebook. They're down uh, Disney somewhere in the United States. I don't know where, but they were, looked like they were having a fun family time. And I remember attending Disney one time when I was a child. My parents took me there. It was a big deal to go to go on a trip to Disneyland back when I went and uh, have have kind of a faint memory. I've been to other theme parks, but of course, Disney was the mother of all theme parks, right? So uh, this is this is shocking. The next two things I'm going to talk about should get your attention. Uh, the recent the, the stock price for a Disney share, if you bought shares of Disney stock at some point in the past, the share price on March 8th, 2021, it's not this year, it's last year, a little over a year ago, was two hundred, almost $202 per share. Today, or the 52-week low stock price, current stock price for Disney, went down to $93.10. Now, I want you to think if you went to Disney and you... Uh, in 2014, that's about the price it was in 2014. And so you thought, Disney, man, how, how could you go wrong not investing in Disney? Like, everybody loves Disney, right? And they put out, now they're putting out all kinds of these amazing films. They got all kinds, they own all kinds of media, media uh, conglomerates. They're massive, right? So you think, wow, I'm going to, I got some extra money. I'm going to put some money in Disney, 2014. But if you were getting ready to put that money into, into Disney in 2014 at $93, and you were told at that time that in 2022 it was going to be worth the same amount, would that blow your mind? It just blows. It, you know, I've been investing for years in, in mutual funds and stuff, and so I, I'm not an expert uh, in any way. I, I'm just I'm, I'm a novice. And uh, I use professionals to help me. And uh, would that be a shocker to you? Of all the, I mean, there's some corporations you think are good as gold, right, in the United States. So let me tell you another one that should get your attention. I, I love sports growing up. I always read the, the Sporting Green for the San Francisco Chronicle. I don't even know whether they have one anymore. They had it every single day. The Chronicle came out every single day. had this beautiful Sporting Green. The pages are green. They had they covered sports. It was amazing coverage. Anyway, I love sports. Followed sports on television. I used to listen to the Giants on the radio, and uh, listened. I used to listen to the Warriors on the radio, and uh, back in the day. So um, I want you to think. So I just watched uh, on YouTube. I'd watch the highlights of this recent NBA Finals with the Warriors because I I appreciate. Uh, 
excellence in, in athleticism. So I watched the Warriors work all the way through the finals and, and win against the Celtics, which I thought was amazing. And enjoyed enjoyed watching the highlights. They were just like 9 or 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes worth of highlights. Very fun. Late at night, a little breather, have a cup of coffee and watch the highlights. But this is amazing. Uh, I, I want you to think about this. The viewership was some of the worst viewership. In other words, the worst amount of people watching uh, for decades. So I don't know whether you ever remember uh, Michael Jordan with the Bulls, Chicago Bulls, and they had a finals in U- with the Utah Jazz in 1998. And uh, the game six of the finals, uh, they, sorry, my, I had my phone off and it still works. Anyway, in game six of the finals, uh, in 1998, the number of people watching that one finals game was two thirds more than watching the average of all the final games in 2020, 2021, and 2022. So, in other words, you take all the finals games, all the playoffs of all all the uh, contenders, you average them all together. And compare the average to that one big game back in 1998, and they uh, and two thirds of the viewers are gone. So one of the things that was said after the Warriors won against the Celtics by Isaiah Thomas, he said it to a couple of the Warriors. I can't remember who they were interviewing. That he was a sure appreciated their stand for social justice. And I thought everyone sitting on those seats right there are all millionaires and every one of them are black and they're still fighting the civil war or they're fighting slavery. It, it's just amazing to me. But that comment, like, in other words, I'm, I'm glad you helped us get woke. Well, let me tell you, if you want to go woke, you're going to go broke because when you, those viewers are the ones who's purchasing all that swag and purchasing those tickets and paying for that pay-to-view. Uh, when you want to watch the Warriors every time on your computer, you got to pay for that. When two-thirds of your viewers disappear, that's big time. That's big time. And that's all about being woke, like putting stuff like BLM on your shirt, total liars and uh, revolutionaries have nothing to do with... Uh, helping people and kneeling and disrespecting our military and disrespecting our police totally, totally have pushed away, including me. I I don't, I don't go out of my way of of going or I would never pay to go to any of these games and pay the type of money or at this time and see that kind of disrespect for the type of people we're talking about. Here's another COVID uh, news. American airlines will end service to four cities in September. Why? You wonder why? Not making enough money? Nope. Not enough pilots. It begs the question, where did they go? Did people just decide, I want to be a greeter at Walmart instead of fly an, an airliner, right? These airline pilots, most of them, st- were trained by the military. 
and then transitioned when they retired from the military into another full-time job and being an airline pilot, right? So American Airlines are already canceling hundreds of thousands of people's flights because they overbooked, because there's not enough pilots. Where did they go? Oh, well, they, they retired. Oh, well, you mean people didn't retire tire in the 1960s and 1970s and 1980s and 1990s, the 2000s, right? 2000 up to 2019. So these there's there's American Airlines and then they have regional affiliate airlines that the same way they do it all the way around the world. They have partnerships. And uh, they so on smaller flights, they they put a instead of a huge plane, they have a half size plane, not not a tiny plane. So it says, we have 100 regional aircraft on the ground that we want to fly, but can't due to lack of a reg- regional pilots. It says, like many network carriers, we have reduced our regional flying in recent months in response to regional pilot shortage. Where did they go? You thinking they just retired? They, p- they make good money, people. This is easy for these guys. You may think, oh, I couldn't ever fly a plane. We're not asking you to fly. I'm talking about people that that's what they love to do. They were forced to get the jab. They were forced to wear masks. They were forced to fight with people on their planes. Forced by the government. Everywhere you look, the government is causing every problem you're facing today. Shortage of oil. High price of gas. Shortage of products on your shelves. It's just how it started in every single communist country, people. If you're if you want to have your head in the sand, I hope you're comfortable. One of the spokespeople for Allied Pilots Association, who also uh, acted, he's an active 737 pilot, said that the men and women on flight deck are just as frustrated as passengers by the airlines issues this summer. He said, you sold tickets in the spring. You knew you wouldn't be able to fulfill this summer. I mean, I was amazed that during, I already knew you couldn't fly because of COVID into Vietnam. And they were, the airlines were still selling tickets to Vietnam. It's amazing. Like, say what? Pilots have been dying. Do you know that? Pilots have been dying and they also have myocarditis and they've, they've had other health issues. When they say, oh, we had a computer glitch. You didn't have a computer glitch. Staffing issues are one of the main reasons travelers face thousands of airline cancellations and delayed delays now. The airline, American Airlines, cut 100 daily flights between July 1 and August 7 to improve operational reliability for customers and employees. Do you remember the case in Loudoun County? You remember Glenn Youngkin ran against Terry McAuliffe, who was an old Clinton guy. And Terry McAuliffe should have mopped the floor with Youngkin. You know, Youngkin was a business executive. He felt like God spoke to him uh, to run and uh, started from scratch, never run for anything in his life. And so Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, where Loudoun County has been this controversial county in Virginia, all kinds of voting screwiness, educational screwiness, big-time liberal educational screwiness. 
And uh, if you'll remember, there's been a lot of parents showing up at the school board in this, and, and complaining to the school board that they don't like the way they're running the school. They don't like the curriculum and they don't like all this gender, gender funny business or critical race theory or, 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 or revisionist uh, teaching of our Constitution and our starting out history. So uh, th- these are some of the school boards that uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, sent the FBI to start investigating parents that you you have a right to go to a school board meeting, but you don't have a, a right to protest and throw a fit. So in, so you remember Loudoun County where the father went to the county school board meeting and is so frustrated that months before his freshman daughter had been raped repeatedly by a transsexual guy that that dressed like a girl went into the bathroom and and repeatedly and in a variety of fashions raped his daughter and was then let go first wasn't prosecuted by the school was moved to a different school the the prosecutor of the county who who i didn't know anything about didn't prosecute and uh the guy ended up raping three different females while pretending to be a female okay so now this prosecutor of Loudoun County, Virginia, Loudoun, L-O-U-D-O-U-N, Loudoun, her name is Buddha Bibarage. She's a George Soros-funded leftist that was, uh, she was given millions of dollars to run. She ran, she won. She didn't believe uh, in uh, prosecuting seriously criminals. And so... In a rare move, it says, some some attorneys, I've, I've never heard of this, where the judge in a case told the prosecuting, uh, the prosecutor of the county, they threw, the judge threw the prosecutor of the county, not just one person, didn't say, give me another person. He took them totally off the case, the department. That'd be like telling Clint Curry's department, the judge, Stephen Barrier telling Clint Curry's entire department, you have disqualified yourself as a department, and I want somebody else to prosecute this case. That's what happened. So Loudoun County Circuit Court Judge James Plowman, who was Bieberage's predecessor, in other words, he was the DA, then he ran for judge. He handed down an order removing Bieberage and her entire staff from the case and has appointed the Fauquier County uh commonwealth attorney office to serve in other words he picked the county next door to serve as a prosecuting team instead he said the commonwealth is deliberately misleading the court and the public in an effort to sell the plea agreement for some reason that has yet to be explained plowman wrote b barrage and the loudon county commonwealth attorney's office is hereby removed and disqualified from further prosecution as counsel of record in this matter This guy, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I got a lot of things to talk about today. But this guy, last name of Vallier, V-A-L-L-E, is accused of possibly a serial burglary spree, 12 burglaries. This guy's got a huge crime background. And the attorney, the amazing thing, this is the difference between California and the rest of the world, folks. Me, this guy named Miata, Miaris, he is the attorney general for the state of Virginia. Jason Miaris. He stepped in. And uh, 
he says, a calling in it an unprecedented development. And he, he wrote to the chief judge, and it, he said it is clear from the order of the court that the court has rightfully lost confidence in Biberage, her deputies, et cetera, et cetera. To, and he also offered his assistance. Now, that when is the last time that in our area you ever saw the attorney general offer any assistance in a screwy case? Like, for instance, the Sarah Easton murder, where the Marysville chief of police, Aaron Easton, claimed his wife shot himself, but no other law enforcement officials agree with it, but nobody will prosecute it. Because the prosecutor in the county of Sutter was Amanda Hopper, who just lost the race, thank God, against Jen Dupre. And she didn't, she couldn't prosecute it because her husband had some kind of involvement with the Easton family, and maybe she did too. We don't even know. Because in government now, we're, the, we're just the serfs. We're the peasants. We're the small people, the tiny people. We're the yahoos. And we're not really privileged to know anything. We're just too stupid to process. So the attorney general stepped right in. We've referred at Sutter County, Yuba County, we've referred items to the attorney general in the state of California before. It's like a black hole over there. We have people like Kamala Harris, the idiot, right? Specializes in blowjobs, right? And and Xavier Becerra, who's just a, a, a Mexican gangster that feigns like he's a smart guy or something. So... When you are, I, I've never been close to this guy, but just watching him on video, if you could smell arrogance, you can smell his arrogance. Virginia Attorney General slammed Biberage, telling Fox News she may be telling me to stay in my lane, but when far left prosecutors veer to the lane where they don't listen to victims, they care more about criminals and our communities are getting less safe. The lane I care about are safe kids, safe communities, and actually listening to the victims. Well, when has been the last time you heard an attorney general talk like that? Miaris even quoted California. He said, you saw, you saw in California voters revoted on this criminal first victim last mindset when they recalled their DA in San Francisco. We'll be right back. I got uh, four more segments to do. excerpt from a New York Times piece. The, the title of the article is called How Much Racism Do You Face in Your Daily Life? Mm-hmm. And this is what the New York Times writes. They say, in How Much Raci- Racism Do You Face Every Day, Amy Harmon writes about the experiences of 101 black teenagers in Washington, D.C. who were surveyed about how much racism they experience on a daily basis. This is what Amy Harmon writes. She goes, collectively, the 101 black teens participating in the study reported more than 5,600 experiences of racial discrimination over two weeks. That boils down to an average of more than five instances per day for each teenager. That's more than 70 over two weeks. So I want to ask you, not just for a generalized response to this, but I want to ask you, um, it, has this been your experience? Is this an accurate portrayal of what life is like in the United States for a young black person? 
I can't speak to their personal experiences on the matter, but I'm going to speculate and say, no, that's not the experience. And something that they do very tactfully is convince you that things that on their own are not racist whatsoever suddenly have this sort of underlying unconscious racism to them. I was told so often as a kid that people who asked me about my skin color were racist. Kids who had seen my hair and went, oh, well, that's hair I haven't seen before. Can I touch it? That was something that was racist. It represented a microaggression. Kids who talked to me and said, oh, well, your mom is white and you are black. How did that happen? That was racism. We're now convincing people that these small acts of human curiosity or, or just questions and statements are somehow a representation of racism in this country. And it's because we no longer have, uh, I mean, to the same extent that we had in, like, say, the 1950s, these acts of blatant racism, like somebody coming up to you and, and calling you the N-word or saying that you shouldn't be educated because you're a black person in America. There's very seldom instances of that sort of racism. And because we don't have that to lean on anymore, the left creates new forms of racism, these ideas of unconscious bias, and microaggressions and convinces these young black kids that that is the world that they're living in, that these are the barriers that are set in place for them from the moment they're born. And it is truly horrifying because I grew up in a rural conservative small town in Florida, which should have been, according to the left, the hotbed for systemic racism. I didn't experience an ounce of it, but because I had been indoctrinated, because I had been told all these things throughout my childhood, I was convinced that America was racist, even though I hadn't experienced it. And I have a feeling that's what's happening with a lot of lot of uh, black people and people of color in America right now. Across America, dairy farmers have dumped countless gallons of fresh, perfectly usable milk because there is no one to buy it. The shelter-in-place orders given by governments around the country in response to the coronavirus pandemic have shuttered big customers such as restaurants and schools and kept people at home. About 50% of the milk produced in the United States goes to restaurants and other food service operations. And so farmers are literally having to pour the milk on their fields, dump it somewhere, because there's no place to take it. And at the same time, these farmers have got bills and they're how they're going to come out of this and survive. I don't know. Jim Mulhern, president and CEO of NMPF, said on April 14th that dairy's fortunes have been especially grim. He called for more aid to the dairy industry, saying that without it, the coronavirus crisis could be the demise of producers across the country. Grocery stores are still open and people are still buying milk there. In fact, early in the pandemic, supplies had run out as people had stocked up. But the hidden demand from the virus has still battered America's dairy farmers many of whom were already in a precarious position before the virus struck the United States. America's dairy farmers face a range of challenges. Milk prices had been low in the five years leading up to 2020, and many farmers were already struggling. Texas dairy processor Dean Foods filed for bankruptcy in late 2019. That company sells products under 50 different regional brands, including Lando Lakes, Berkeley Farms, and True Moo. Milk consumption has also been on a long-term downward slide since the latter half of the 20th century due to changing eating habits and demographic changes across the United States. 2020 was supposed to be a better year for dairy farmers, but that has all gone down the drain.
Viara says, you're seeing this all in Virginia last year. You had a lot of criminal first, victim last policies that led to a crime explosion, and so voters are just sick and tired of it. After Plowman, the judge removed B. Barrage and her office from the case, a bar complaint. This is so awesome. You want, you know, the Bar Association to me has been a total, you know, it's kind of like the wolf guarding the, the hen house, right? Maybe that's not the best analogy. The The problem is the Bar Association, which you think is going to hold people accountable, holds nobody accountable. But in this case, after Plowman removed B. Barrage and her office from the case, a bar complaint was filed against her calling for a formal investigation and appropriate sanctions, which could include disbarment preventing her from practicing law. Now, you remember the district attorney, is was it Nifong? In, in also in uh, in Virginia, remember the University of Virginia, where the uh, the sports team was accused of raping a white sports team. Primarily, was accused of raping a black stripper, and it was all fraudulent. And uh, Nifong, who was running for office, was trying to make that his uh, way to get reelected and uh, was fraudulent in the presentation of the evidence. And he lost his, he not only got kicked out of office, he lost his ability to practice law. It says here, a, a, a former prosecutor speaking on the condition of anonymity to Fox five DC said that B barrage pushed to bond people out in domestic violence cases. Man, if anything, if any people have asked, please don't bond people out, it's it's victims. And I've talked to them as a chaplain. Like, I can't believe they're letting him out. Are they going to let him out? How will I know they're going to let him out? They're totally freaked out, right? So she pushed to bond people out in domestic violence cases. Says perhaps the most notably, Bibaraj allowed the release. This is the guy we were talking about months ago that raped this guy's uh, this guy came in and complained to the school board and they had him arrested. They put him in jail. The, the, the father of the girl that was raped. B barrage allowed the release of a male student wearing a dress who allowed, who allegedly raped a female student in a Loudoun County public school. The office simply put the male student in another school where he reportedly sexually assaulted another student. That case made national headlines when it was revealed that the nat, the school board appears to have tried to cover it up. Now that's, you could see that on YouTube when they did the takedown on this boy, this big old boy. It's also one of the reasons Governor Glenn Youngkin signed a, a day one executive order charging Miara's office with investigating the entire county. The attorney general, it'd be like it'd be like the uh, new uh, uh, judge or new uh, governor comes into California. And, and the first thing he does is ask the attorney general to investigate Yuba County or investigate Sutter County for wrongdoing. Isn't that amazing? Last year, a man was released on $5,000 bond following an arrest on assault, strangulation, and abduction charges. He went home and then murdered his wife, something for which the family appears. Now, said, would you think, I mean, what would you expect? They blame Bibaraj's office, right? 
While community corrections advised that the man remained behind bars, Biberaj's office pushed through the bond agreement. The guy went home and killed his wife. That's enough on that. Uh, and another of one of Soros's attorneys, Kim Fox. You know Kim Fox? She was involved in dropping the charges against Juicy Smollett, the French homo. That that made up a whole story that some white dudes with MAGA hats on assaulted him. And we spent millions of dollars investigating it until it was everybody concluded it was a lie. Kim Fox now, I, I think she's one of these anti-police gals. Cook, she's in Cook County, Illinois. That's where Chicago is. This gal is now calling the police. Her daughter calls the police. Her husband calls the police for domestic violence at her house. Kelly Fox, the the husband, she's Kim, claimed he la- she laid hands on him. <laughs> so um, it just and then their daughter Kai got pissed off at the father because there's an issue over they were trying to discipline this teenager and take the car keys away and she threw down and had the police come out for them. I mean, these people are, this is the type of people that are Soros attorneys. This is why you got Chessa Bodine, who just got recalled with over, what was it, 64% of the vote? And Garcon down in, in L.A. now, they're trying to recall him for the second time. Just because you get somebody in office and you buy them, buy them a seat, essentially people are getting these seats bought for them. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to all work out. It doesn't mean it's going to all work out. Unbelievable. Let me go up here and just mention a couple people that uh, I want to bring some attention to and get them some business if I can because they give me the business. They help me. So uh, And I actually use them. Every, every one of these people, they've, they've helped me. And I think they're they're great. It's not just because they want to help on the show. If they don't want to help on the show, they're still great. Allen's Auto Body, those are the guys at uh, Tea Garden and Sutter Street with the Canary Yellow Building. They fixed my Honda Element, and people say, Lou, is this a brand-new car you got? I said, no, 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 no. It's like, it's like you know, they had horse and carriage, and then they, then they made the Honda Elements. It, go, it goes back there. So Kevin and Kerry Clark running Allen's Auto Body. They've been there for 100 years Allen's auto body's been there for 100 years kevin bought it from the previous owner and you can reach them at tea garden at sutter street in yuba city easy to get to 530-671-1057 they'll honest they'll do a beautiful job my car is so nice 671-1057 and uh, they'll they'll do a good job for you the other right down the street right next to them is i just got a call from one of our listeners and um, he, he texted me, he said, Lou, I can't, what's Nellie Garcia's number? I, I didn't write it down and I need it bad. And uh, so I gave him the number this week. I just got off the phone with Nellie the night before. I said, hey, you getting any business over there? And, uh, but then this guy called and said, I need, to, I need some help. I said, okay, okay. So North Valley Paralegal, it's just a stone's throw, as someone once said, from Allen's Auto Body. She's at 751 Sutter Street. She's got a whole crew over there trying to keep people legal in every way. So 751 Sutter Street, Yuba City, uh, 95991, down, down, right down where um, the 
the bridges come across, right between the bridges. And you can reach her at 530 So if you looked at the two cities, Marisol Yuba City is one city. She's kind of right in the middle. She's right there where the river comes through, separates the two cities. So whatever your legal needs are, she can do it better, kinder, faster, and will put her heart into it. And that's a lot different than the average attorney in town. So give, give that some thought, okay? All right. So on we go. We got lots of things going on here today. I always got plenty to talk about. I don't make a big deal about it. It's just you just pick and choose what you think is kind of entertaining or helpful to people. Um, and so that's okay. Let me let me go down here. Okay, I want to talk about. Um, oh, so. What's been happening, uh, you understand in California, I can't speak for you other states over there, but uh, California has this thing, CalPERS and CalSTRS, and, and I won't get all the details about it, except it's an empl- we have employee unions in, in uh, California. So they have their own uh, employee union uh, retirement fund called Cal- California uh, Public Employees retirement system calpers and uh, so instead of like when i uh, when i went to work for church of glad tidings and i said hey we we talked about putting money aside for days when we weren't going to be able to work anymore we'd have some money to live on we opened up some 401k plans the this the church didn't put any money into it but it allowed us to put money into the, each of us to put money if we wanted to into a 401k and and depends on how the 401k is invested that you may or may not have a good nest egg to live off of right and so you don't have a defined benefit you have a defined contribution so you have a certain amount of money you're putting in all the time that's defined but how much you get out is not defined because it depends on a lot of issues like right now the stock market's crashing right uh, so, but what the, what the government set up, what the government agreed to with these unions is a defined benefit, which is a total ripoff to the taxpayers and a defined benefit plan means regardless of the amount of money you put in, regardless of the amount of money that, uh, the income gener the the fund generated by its investments wise or poor investments and regardless of how long the person lives they are guaranteed a certain check amount of check till death do us part you got it so in other words you could be 19 years of age and you could take a job like uh, Robert, I'll use Robert Bendorf. He retired, and you can look up his retirement amount. I don't have it at my fingertips, but it's easy to find on Transparent California. Robert Bendorf went to work for Yuba County Sheriff's Department when he was about 19, I'm told. And he worked as a law enforcement guy for a number of years, and then he went, kept going back to school and got administrative degrees and then started working in administration for counties. In other words, he started in government, stayed in government, but he ended up being the county administrator of Yuba. He was also worked in Placer County. So that was his whole career in government. By the time he he left government, he was making, uh, let's see, he was making over $300,000 a year. Okay? 
Now, obviously, law enforcement officials don't make that kind of money. But, um, yeah, R Robert Bendorf, the last year he was at U Yuba County, he actually gave up his job, and Kevin Mallon took it over. Kevin was making $280,000 in 2020, and Robert Bendorf was stayed on as an advisor. Right? So now we have these two guys. Robert got 300, almost 300,000, 300, almost 301,000 dollars. And Kevin got 280,000 and change. It's 500, that's over a half million dollars between two men. Okay? So we have these fantastic salaries in San Luis Obispo. If I don't know, I don't think I'll have time to get to it. I have an article on San Luis Obispo's. They're fighting down there. Some, they supervisors want to raise the pay of their managerial staff like fifteen to twenty percent. It's unbelievable. They're having a meltdown, in San Luis Obispo. Obispo. So what this is is a part of this salary is their uh, their pension that that sometimes the the county actually pays the pension contribution for them like i said glad tidings did not pay the pension contribution sometimes if you're in a corporation you can you'll pay something in and the and the the boss will man match it other times you can just pay something in they won't match it other times unions will negotiate where the the county will pay something in for you right or pay most of it instead of giving you a raise there's all kinds of gimmicks. The point is that a lot of money gets committed when you go to work for Yuba County or any county in California, pretty much. You get uh, the county makes you a commitment that if you go like with Robert Bendorf, you went to work for the county, I think at, I heard at 18 or 19. And as long as he continues to work for the county and retires with the county, they promise to take care of him financially and his health. Till death do us part. Now, if you are fortunate to, love, to live till 90 years of age and you retire at 50, we're paying for you for 40 more years. Now, right now, I think there's five or six sheriffs that we're paying for in Yuba County. We're paying for one sheriff, Wendell Anderson. He actually goes to work every single day. But then we got a whole list. I think we have Sheriff Durfer. And then before him, we have... Uh, Sheriff Black, and then before her we have Sheriff Tyndall, and maybe maybe that's it. I don't know whether Sheriff, I think Sheriff Miller, he's way back there, but he he may be still alive. I don't know. Maybe there's only four sheriffs we're paying for right now, but it was up to five. How how can how can how can any business stay in business if you have one mechanic you're paying for? And you have four others that are retired that you're also paying for. There's no business I know except for the auto business, and some most of them have collapsed because they they became just a big insurance company. And so what's happening is now that the CalPERS, you hear this term, and most people they don't even want to spend any intellectual time on it. It's just arduous, and their 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 eyes glaze over. Not that they're stupid. They're, they got more important things to do, and they're not going to be able to change anything anyway, right? So we got people like uh, we got people at Sutter County, uh, the Sutter County Behavioral Health, which you and Sutter share the cost of it. Hardeep Singh makes six hundred and ten thousand a year. This is a psychiatrist. Ask, ask anybody how much psychiatrists make in the private sector. Peter Kosiros. 
makes 472,000. Miriam Shariati, these are psychiatrists, 320,000. Uh, psychiatrist Sandra Shank, 318,000. Then we got, we even have, uh, we, we have psychiatric nurses that are making 180,000 psychiatric nurses. We have all kinds of people making two, almost $300,000. Steve Smith, the county administrator who has time to write letters to to women out at Church of Glad Tidings to convince them to wear a mask. He gets paid almost, this is 2020, 221,000, 281,000. County Council gets 227,000. The head of health services, they basically hand out money, 224,000. General Services Director, 207,000. We got a huge number of people, more actually in Yuba County with higher pay, that are making. 200,000, 200,000, 200,000, 250,000, right? And so part of that is the pension, setting aside pension money. So we have this term with, and, and supposedly the CalPERS was supposed to take these contributions, like with, when I make a 401k tr- contribution to my plan, I had a helper, a professional help me invest that money. So CalPERS had a whole staff down there in Sacramento to help invest that money. And they've done a horrible job and all kinds of politics in- interfere with what they're spending money on. So if it's something that drives a bean up the nose, an investment that drives a bean up the nose of a liberal, they will, they will take their money out of that fund and lose money. For instance, if it helps Israel or if it's uh, fossil fuel or if it's any, anything, if it's something that doesn't con- com- uh, complement LGBT XYZ MOP, they they will they constantly lose money at CalPERS. So we have what we call an un, unfunded liability. A liability, if you've ever studied accounting, means an amount that needs to be paid, a commitment that you made, a liability. You're paying on your car. You're paying on your house. You're paying on your credit card. Those are liabilities. You owe that. You committed to pay that. So in Yuba County, we have these unfunded liabilities. In other words, instead of putting aside, as we pay the person, instead of putting aside the appropriate amount that's going to pay the pension on that person and having zero balance, we, uh, we don't pay that all then. So we have these what they call a liability. We owe the money to the CalPERS fund, but we cannot pay it or we don't pay it. Take your choice. So the other day I was paying by a phone. I was paying electronically my credit cards. And so the question they always ask me is, do you want to pay the current balance like up to today? Do you want to pay the past, the balance that that's on your statement, your statement balance, the current balance, the statement balance, or instead of paying $1,500 a statement balance, for instance, you can pay just $40 and we're good. We're happy. You paid on time. You didn't pay at all, but we're good with just $40. Now, why would they be good with $40? Well, because they're, in, they're taking, uh, they're making money, big time interest money on what I don't pay them. So with CalPERS, uh, they are, they are charging interest to the counties for all that liability. Like if the house, if I was paying on my house, they, for every payment I made, there was still a balance owed. 
that I was getting charged interest on. So recently, so let me ask you this. Oh, I can't ask you this because we just finished halfway. So I'm going to take a break, then I'm going to ask you this. Headlines have changed because seven years ago, Washington Post was reporting about how more teachers were having inappropriate sexual relationships with their students. And now their newest headline is basically demonizing anyone who's speaking against teachers having sexual conversations with kids. And they're saying it's a conspiracy by white evangelicals and Q and the radical right. So we can't even say the word groomer anymore without leftists freaking out. In my 15 years as a public school teacher, I never once had a conversation about sexual orientation or gender identity with my students. It's just not appropriate. The types of teachers that are doing this are the ones that have inappropriate relationships with your students. They should be referring that child to a counselor or to their friend or to their parents. Teachers need to learn their place. They are there to teach your children the subject that they are hired to teach, not be their private confidant, especially about sexual orientation. My child, even before I had any knowledge, I didn't even get to show support. You asked for support, I didn't get a chance. Your job was to educate my child in math, science, English, etc. Do your job and let me do mine. That was Jessica Conan, a mom who we profiled on this show five months ago. So why was she so angry? Well, Mrs. Conan entrusted her seventh grade daughter to the Spreckles, California school district, and the district then turned around and conspired to change the girl's gender, her name, her pronouns, all behind her parents' back. And at the time of our interview, Jessica was considering legal action. She and her attorney, Harmeet Dillon, founder of the Center for American Liberty, are back with us tonight with an update. Jessica, what can you announce tonight? So I, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you so much, Laura, for having us. Um, exciting news, actually, that we are moving forward and we have filed lawsuit against Spreckle School District, the two teachers and the principal that has caused some very serious damage to my child. Harmeet, this is from the lawsuit that the Center for American Liberty filed. Ms. Caladera and Ms. Bakari instructed students that they should not tell their parents about their new gender identities, purposely failed to keep equality club rosters or records so that parents could not discover their children's participation, and held equality club meetings during lunch as opposed to after school so that students who were too young to drive did not have to ask their parents to pick them up. Harmeet, if that's all true, the lengths to which they went to cover this up that's stunning. It is stunning, Laura. And to be honest with you, when I first heard about these facts, it was really hard to believe. But in fact, these teachers have actually confessed on video at the California Teachers Association to doing a lot of these things and not only doing it, but trying to teach other California teachers how to secretly run these clubs uh, away from the knowledge of the parents. And, and Laura, first they told this young lady that she was bisexual. This was a prepubescent girl. And then a few weeks later, they tell her, no, we think you're trans. 
Some of the other facts in this lawsuit, Laura, include that these teachers during COVID actually creeped on the search engine uh, searches of these children who are studying remotely to identify more children to include in these types of clubs. And so uh, no parent should have to go through this. They have rights under the United States Constitution to direct the education and the upbringing of their children. And we intend to hold these teachers, the principal, and the school district liable for the damage they've caused this family, other families potentially, and for violating the civil rights of these families. And I, this th cannot go on in America. No, th this, th this, everyone watching this tonight has to be blown away because there's more in this lawsuit. I, I can't even believe this. Now, Ms. Calderon and Ms. Bakari, again, encouraged AG, that's your daughter, Jessica, to change her name to a boy's name as an expression of the new identity they were encouraged her to take on. Jessica, this is a full frontal assault on the traditional wow. American family, on your family, and on your belief system, is it not? It, 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 I, I don't even know how you hold it together, frankly, after this. 100% it is complete violation. It is disrespectful. It is, um, to be honest, you know, it's, it's some of the most emotionally damaging thing that you could do to a family unit, to a child. Um, the things that I have found out that I, you know, going through this process and who my daughter is becoming now, it's just so disgusting. And I'm actually really sad that I wasn't able to be there for her the way that a mom should have been, you know? There should have never been any hiding from a mom and there should have never been any type of, um, you know, they should have never had that type of control over any type of child, anybody. Harmeet, is this a recruitment tool? Yes or no? That they're, that they're oh, 100 percent, 100 percent, Laura. And we, these are not the only children affected. We've learned about other children in this school district, and I've learned about hundreds and thousands of families across the country. And so, Laura, if people want to find out more, they should go to our website and uh, support this family, libertycenter.org. Support Jessica. Circumstance beyond our control. A pigeon from hell oh, 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 oh. our eyes and descended like flies so let me ask you this what's a, what's a healthy uh, let's just take it down to the family level maybe you're a single guy single gal or maybe you, you got some sort of family right but you all have a you have money you're handling i'm not going to say you're budgeting you may have a budget you may not i'm not worried about that let me just ask you this if a family has the ability, they're making money, they're spending money, they're making money, they're spending money, and at, the, and at the end of the month, they pay off all their bills and they have money left over, that's a healthy, would you agree that's a healthy family financially? In other words, they're paid all their bills, they're always, their bills are always paid on time, they owe no one anything except for the next payment, like on the house. So they're able to pay their bills because they're making enough money and they're, they're, in other words, they're spending less than they're than they're earning. You got it? So here's the deal with the federal, state, and local governments. They constantly spend and commit to more than they earn. And so when they don't earn enough, they go out and borrow money. And the, the difference with the federal government is they go out and print money. And so the only causes of inflation, for instance... Are, there's two causes. 
that usually happen at the same time. One, the government prints money. It's not backed by anything. It's not backed by gold. They just print a bunch of money and put it in circulation. That means it makes what you have worth less. And what you want to buy cost more. Printing money. And spending money they don't have causes inflation. So when you go to the supermarket and you notice prices, prices are up on everything, right? So government constantly spends more than they have. or So what they do is borrow. They can't print money at the local level. They can go out and tax you more. They can take more from you. So that's what they've done here in Yuba County. They went and got a 1% tax. So recently, since uh, I think about 2016, maybe it's 19, I can't remember now. The Yuba County Water Agency was handed over the, the dam, the Colgate Powerhouse, the Bullard's Bar Dam, all that stuff was handed over by PG&E after 50 years of management to Yuba County to manage and keep all the profits. And so they've been uh, they they've been making hundreds of millions of dollars uh, coming into their account over there at Yuba. And in fact, they've taken the county off because they really don't want to be associated with the county. They they're just called Yuba Water Agency now, and they actually think they believe this. They won't admit it so much, but they believe that they actually that group of men that run that over there believe they own that water and uh, not not the residents of the county. So that being said, they got a big reservoir of water and money. And so they've been loaning money. Now, seven there's seven directors on the Yuba Water Agency, five of which are Yuba County Board of Supervisors. So the Yuba County Board of Supervisors have five people. Then they go over and serve on the Yuba Water Agency and then add two other community members. So the Yuba County Board of Supervisors decides they're short of money. So then they go over and change hats and they take money out of Yuba Water Agency. Okay, you got that? There's no arm's length checks and balances here. Nobody is uh, holding them accountable. And if you think, oh, yeah, the voters are. Yeah, look at what you just did returning the incumbents right over there. Don't tell me you're holding anybody accountable. Nobody's really holding them accountable over there. So what happened is there's an article that Robert Suma, and I, I like the way Robert started the article, said a cost-saving opportunity, quote-unquote. In other words, it's that's up to be, de- it depends on the eye of the beholder. $14 million YWA loan to help Yuba County with CalPERS payment. Why would they need to help help people with CalPERS payment? Why would you need to go to your mom or your dad or your brother or your friend or whatever to pay a payment for you, right? Why would you need anybody else to help somebody else pay a payment for you? Because you can't make it, right? Is that simple enough? So Yuba County themselves cannot make a significant enough payment to uh, expedite there just like it'd be if if i couldn't make the 40 dollar payment uh i would not only get high interest but i would get a penalty for not making my payment on time 
right? Or if I made the $40 payment, but I couldn't make the full $1,542.62, that means I'm going to get charged interest on all that money. So the reason that the when once the water agency started to get all this money that PG&E used to have, all of a sudden now they have become the bank for overspending in, in the basic Yuba County bookkeeping. So Robert Suma, thank thank you, Robert, for at least being honest in this first paragraph. I'm, I'm not suggesting you weren't in arrest, but it says, in what was termed, I love the way he put this, in what was termed as a significant savings, quote-unquote, to the people and the taxpayers of Yuba County, the Yuba Water Agency Board of Directors on Tuesday approved this loan of $14.4 million, a low-interest loan. And then what happens, They the Yuba County takes that money and makes a payment to CalPERS instead of paying them by the month. Because if you pay them monthly, which is, that's, that's like paying the $40, the minimum payment. If you, if you don't pay them monthly, if you pay them monthly, it's going to charge you according to CalPERS 7% interest, pretty high interest right now. But if you'll pay them up front, so then they can turn around and invest the money they only charge you like one or two percent. Okay. And so what the supervisors describe this as, as being brilliant on behalf of the supervisors as saving us all kinds of money. It's like the wife who goes to go shopping and you're on a budget and money's a little tight. You haven't been working as often as you were. And she comes home with five dressers dresses and she she's and you freak out because you you can't you're not going to be able to pay for this and she said oh honey i saved us so much money i saved 25 by buying five i saved 25 dollars on each dress that saved us 125 dollars five times at 25 125 i saved us that money i because eventually i'm going to need dresses and so i'm just buying them ahead of time and it saved us 125 dollars now, that's what the, so the Yuba County supervisors use that logic to say that they saved us over $315,000. Now, this is like a consolidation loan. I had people come to me when I used to do financial consulting and try to get people out of the ditch, not like how to make a lot of money, but how to stay out of trouble. Sometimes there'd be a thing called a consolidation loan. Maybe they have three credit cards, 24% interest or 24, 18 and 20 and we had taken consolidated all on one credit card that was one year business and they would we'd get it down to 7%, right? Did I save them a lot of money? You bet I did. But was their spending uh style, their spending habits healthy, right? No. No one would agree to that. So the government in Yuba County and in Sutter County constantly are overspending and they, they never will say no to adding more employees. They just keep adding more and more employees. So the argument in this in this article written by Robert Suma, thank you, Robert, for writing it. I appreciate it. Uh, the Again, I'm not going to spend all the time. Basically, the Yuba Water Agency said we're going to make a little interest from the county which we would have made a little interest anyway. So it's helping them. It's helping. We're not losing anything. Right. And uh, we're saving money to the taxpayers. Now that question begs another question. They never want to talk about CalPERS and how the, the taxpayers getting ripped off 
and how basically every county employee, it's a bag of gold working for the county. Because we are committed, no matter what the economy does, to pay their pension if they live another 40 years after they retire. We're committed. Like I said, we're paying for we're paying for Steve Durfer. We're paying for uh, we're paying for Durfer, Black, Tyndall, and maybe one more. Let's say that's four plus one living. Five sheriffs on a defined benefit payment. In other words, we tell Wendell Anderson, this is we're gonna define what we're gonna pay you in every way. This is what our agreement is with you. How's that? Okay. Okay, we pay that, right? We make a commitment. We make a, a pact with you. And then we make a pact with all those. So now we're paying five. Now just think of every job in Yuba County. We have up to thousand employees in Yuba County for just seventy-five to eighty thousand people. For every employee that's getting a pension that's been pensioned out or retired out and getting a pension. We're paying for four or five of those positions plus the position that's actually doing the job. Like right now we're paying for Pat McGrath and a couple other previous attorneys that are laying around on beaches that were district attorneys for us. Plus we're paying for Clint Curry. It's crazy people. So when they're short on money to pay the pension liability, we have we owe something like a hundred and eighty nine. I don't. I, I have it here on an email. It was sent to me today. We owe unfunded liability in two thousand twenty. Little tiny Yuba County owes one hundred and eighty nine million dollars in pension liability. Does that that Lou Benninger does not have any liabilities except going to the grocery store and at, oh, at the end of the month paying my credit card bill, right? When I drop dead, there will be money to pay off everything, right? When you owe more than you're bringing in or more than you can bring in in a long time, you're basically bankrupt. You are bankrupt. And to owe $189 million and to tell people they're saving us money, it's like saying to, to me, a person is working at a $15 an hour job and owes $30,000 in credit card debt to say that they went out to eat <laughs> because there was a special at Chili's and they saved so much money. It's nonsense, people. And the only people that get away with this are people like Gary Bradford. He, he represents Plumas Lake, who's so full of himself. If he agrees with this, I, I, uh, I don't know what he does with his own finances. I don't think the guys that are on that board operate their own finances like they do our public finances. Somehow when they go into power, when they go into take office, they lose their minds. They lose their minds. What we should do is be able to pay people and just say, you know something? When we pay you and we're, we're either going to afford to pay people and set aside that entire pension amount per that month, prorated out every month, or we're, or we're going to get out of CalPERS and do something different. But from what I understand is CalPERS makes it so difficult to get out of, and somebody said to me that they make you pay all the liability off immediately. I don't know what it really is. I'm just saying to you that we are going broke. We are broke, and we're getting in a worse situation. It's the same thing that 
you know, I've lived long enough to see the debt, the national debt of the United States of America. It's it's thousand percent worse than it was back in the day when I was a youngster, when I was like a young adult. It's just unbelievable. And now we have runaway inflation. Let me just say this. When I go to Vietnam and I trans when I uh, when I uh, convert money. It takes 23,000 of what they call dong for one dollar. You have to you have a you have to carry a, a satchel to carry all the money in to make purchases over there for one dollar. Twenty three thousand. That's how it used to be in Mexico, pesos, until I think they revalued the whole thing. That's where we're headed. We are headed there. We think of it. We, we don't even have enough gas anymore. Gas has was less than two dollars a gallon. Well, when was it? January 6th. When there was supposedly the riot in Washington. So we have one hundred and eighty nine thousand in, in uh, 2019. It leaped from 176. Sorry, sorry, not a thousand million, 176 million in 2019 to 189 million. You're probably not going to remember those figures. That's okay. I'm just telling you that this paying these people working for the government two and three times what the private sector gets is off the hook crazy. I don't know how they can pay psychiatrists three and four and five and six hundred thousand dollars. And most people, I've never heard anybody say anything positive about mental health. Has I, I just, I talked to a, count, a, a, a clinician the other day. He said, Lou, I've never heard anybody say anything positive about mental health. It, it's, it's totally dysfunctional over there. The drug rehab part, it, people go over there, get counseling, and walk out and kill themselves. And I know that people kill themselves all the time. I'm just telling you, it is horribly run. They should get the, we would be better off in our mental health if we close the entire mental health facility down. We, like for instance, we have a health department in Eubin Sutter County. We would be healthier without the health department. That's, is that an amazing thing to say? That's because it's true. They pussyfoot around. They, they talk about, well, we're going to discuss all these poor people live in our Yuba Sutter area. We're going to come up with what would be more healthy for them. I'll tell you what. I got a whole list of things. I started it last week. Quit harassing us. Tell people to take their masks off. Why didn't they tell people to take their masks off right away? They're no good. It's because they know they're, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's like a doctor that knows he did the wrong thing and he won't admit it. He hides that's how Dr. Lou is. Everything she's done, the gal's a poser. I don't care whether she comes up with a certificate or she claims she graduated. You know, just because somebody graduated from med school does not mean you should take advice from them. This gal told us to wear masks, told us to mask up our little children, told us to keep our kids out of school. I talked to a clinician this week because I heard I, I referred some people to him. And I heard there was a waiting list. So I got him on the phone. I said, dude, I don't want to refer people to you if they're going to be discouraged. They're already discouraged. Let's talk. He said, Lou, COVID, we've never made so much money as when they did COVID because it totally screwed people over. 
I'm using my words, not his. He was much more professional. He said, our waiting list, they have a big bunch of clinicians. Our waiting list got to 175 people. Think about it. Those are people that want in for, for a beginning of a series of counseling appointments. And they, it's gonna, they're waiting for months to get in for their first appointment. They're just saying, I'd like to have an appointment. The guy said, well, our first appointment is, right, such and such. It's like saying, I broke my leg. And the ER telling you it right out. Well, the first opportunity we'll have to set the leg will be six months from now. That's what COVID did for us. Do you think you're going to hear that from the Board of Supervisors? Do you think you're going to hear that about how many suicides we had? How many overdoses we had? How many attempted suicides? They're hiding it because they don't want you to know they screwed you over. They screwed me over. They don't want you to know they're totally emptying the bank account, paying each other. Oh, we, Robert, we love you, man. Robert Bendorf, we're going to give you a raise, man. We, you deserve everything you can get. Not according to me. When you're, when you're sitting on a board of supervisors and you're making 100 yeah. You're giving it away left and right. Oh, yeah, we're going to give you this, and we're going to give you that. Oh, yeah, we'll give you. Oh, you guys are like, oh, law enforcement? Oh, fire? Like, whatever you want. Really? No, I don't think that at all. Do I appreciate them? Absolutely. Do I think they're worth a quarter of a million dollars? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I've watched them work. I've watched them take vacations. I've watched them how hard they work. Captains? No way. Quarter of a million dollars? $200,000? No way. It's just, you know, it's just like, hey, we all have opinions, right? <clears throat> Am I, is my opinion going to change anything? No, but I'm not going to sit back and just have you guys raid the coffers, which is what you did with Major K, and then, and then walk away and retire and move to Arizona or some other country and leave us with $200 million or 185 or $189 million in debt. Come on, man. You think that's righteous? You think that's not sinful? You think that's equitable? You think that's integrity? No, man, you should be balancing your budget, paying off your debt, getting out of debt, paying off the unfunded liability. It's not just a liability. It's unfunded. There's no money for it. That's the point. We're going to take a break. We got uh, two more segments to go, and then we're going to uh, call it a day. Okay, hold on. Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. It's late September, and I really should be back at school. I know I
time, homelessness, drug abuse and alcoholism, neglect, domestic violence, single parenthood, teen pregnancy, dropping out of school. What do all of these issues have in common? Well, if you grow up in this country without a father, you are more likely to experience all of them. Right now in America, we are experiencing an epidemic of absent fathers. Now, I already know what some of you might be thinking. I've already heard this covered by the media on both sides of the aisle, and this is simply a black issue. But what if I told you that fatherlessness is an issue that affects every single one of us in more ways that we can ever possibly know? How did we get here, and is there anything that we can do about it? Let's break it down. My parents got divorced when I was around six years old, and suddenly I was just seeing my father less and less. Weekly visits became monthly visits, became talking to each other once a year. That was my new normal, familiar strangers. To be honest, it didn't really affect me that much. One parent was enough, but I would come to find out later in life that I happened to be super lucky. Not because I didn't need anything from my dad or that there was nothing that he could truly give me, but because I managed to escape some of the horrific outcomes that can be attached to growing up with an absent father. So what are these outcomes? Well, I found that when compared to children from two-parent households, fatherless kids had a two times greater chance of infant mortality. They were more likely to face and perpetrate abuse and neglect. They were more likely to experience obesity. They were more likely to become pregnant as teens, more likely to drop out of school, more likely to abuse drugs, and more likely to go to prison. And those are just a few of the negative outcomes that we can trace back to fatherlessness. Imagine all of the things that we're missing. Now, I didn't know this, but according to Pew Research Center, the United States is the highest share of single parenting in the world. And the issue of fatherlessness in single parent households is an issue that continues to grow in this country. According to US census data, in 1968, about 15% of US kids were living in a single parent household. Jump forward to now, and that number has doubled to 30%. Now, I live in Los Angeles, a city that's notorious for running rampant with drug abuse and homelessness and crime. And oftentimes when I see these things happening right in front of my face, I fail to make the connection between that and fatherlessness when really the odds are that all of these people that we're seeing have grown up without a dad. Like I said before, many view this to be a black issue because the black population does have the largest percentage of single parent fatherless homes, about 66%. But this isn't just a black problem. In the Latino and Hispanic community, about 42% of children grow up in single parent households. For white people, this number drops to a still whopping 34% and Asians follow at 20%. So on average, about one in three American children are growing up in a single parent household. This is a problem for everyone. So how did we get here? Well, if we're looking at a single parent household, we're typically dealing with a single mom. As of 2020, there were 14.84 million families with a single mother in the United States. And you might be thinking, well, sometimes marriages don't work out. And as a result, moms are left to take care of their children. And that statement would have been true in say the 1960s, where 4% of single mothers had never been married. Flash forward to today, and that has jumped to over 52%, a 13 fold increase. Meaning my mother's story of divorce and single motherhood now represents a minority. In today's day and age, women are getting pregnant out of wedlock and raising the children alone. This goes to show that marriage is not really just a piece of paper. Marriage is often the barrier between a single parent household and a two parent household. Not only that, it can be the barrier between poverty and success. And the numbers are stark. If you grow up with a single unwed mother, you are four times more likely to experience poverty than somebody who lived with married parents. So we know the issue, we know what these families look like, and we know we're 
all affected by it. So why is fatherlessness still a growing issue in this country? There's two areas we have to look at, politics and culture. Politically, the welfare system comes into the discussion. In the 1960s, some well-meaning policies were put forth that ended up not doing so well. In fact, they actually incentivized single mother households. Specifically, in 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson launched his Great Society, an initiative with the goal of beating poverty, reducing crime, and promoting equality in America. His welfare system was very generous, particularly for single mothers, but there was one rule that ruined it all, the man in the house rule, which essentially said that if you have a working or able-bodied man living in your house, we cannot help you. They even went as far as to send federal agents to these households to make sure that no man was living there. If I was a mom at the time, I would throw the man out of the house too to get that check. These things don't exactly promote marriage. This is exactly why we shouldn't judge policies based on their intentions, but actually on their results. And these results don't bode well. Speaking of things that don't bode well, culturally, radical feminism in Hollywood has completely destroyed the view of not only the American man, but the American dad. It is now a commonly held belief that men are toxic in nature and oppressive forces of patriarchy that must be overcome. Not exactly a person you'd want to marry or have kids with. In Hollywood, young girls have gotten used to watching these ever-present archetypal characters like dumb dad, a-hole boyfriend, Prince Charming, who doesn't exist, and the dreaded girl boss. A woman who is a subpar man, values her career over her family, is sexually promiscuous, and utterly unattached. If I got paid every time I heard the whole I don't need a man thing, I'd be the one buying Twitter. It seems as though feminism values single motherhood over married parenting. Couple our cultural problems with our political ones and you have a recipe for disaster. These two things clearly explain the situation that we find ourselves currently living in. <sighs> so you know everything now except for what can be done. For starters, we need a culture that values good men, good fathers, and good role models. Can you imagine how our perception of men would change if the media started showing good, well-rounded men taking on the responsibility of fatherhood? We need to step away from the toxic masculinity narrative and into one that values the inherent traits that men have. Politically, we should be looking at policies that don't incentivize single motherhood. Maybe take a look at that welfare system and do a little bit of tweaking. So of course Hollywood's not going to start making these wonderful movies tomorrow, and we're certainly not going to get legislation in the coming days that suddenly changes all of these problems. What can we do right now to fix this? Well, there's a lot of things that we can do as individuals. First, reject these modern narratives of radical feminism and toxic masculinity. They're clearly not leading us down a good path and not doing anything that builds a fruitful society. Accept the fact that two-parent households are ideal. And that's not to denigrate the work of single mothers and single fathers, but we should all be striving towards what is best for our children, and that is a two-parent household. And let me make this clear. We cannot wait for Hollywood or politicians to come in and fix these problems. We have to fix these problems. And the fixing starts when we celebrate, appreciate, and honor fatherhood in our country by building a new culture that has a deep-seated love for parenthood and family so that when that beautiful moment does come for them, they take on all the responsibilities that come along with it gladly. And to all the fathers and the future fathers watching this, we need you. We need you to be there as a good friend, a good role model, a good husband, a good dad. And you might be thinking that's way too much pressure. You don't know how to be a father, how to take on that role, and certainly not the responsibilities that come along with it. But statistically speaking, just by being there, you can change the world. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall or the mountain should crumble to the sea
All right, here we go. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Peachtree Health, Dr. Cassidy mainly. Peachtree Health is just where he works. Dr. Cassidy and I, in fact, we're going to be meeting with a guy that I'm excited about tomorrow on Friday, which is the day before this podcast will pop up. We're going to be meeting about how we could do more to help uh, addicts. And uh, I'm thrilled. So, uh, but Doc Cassidy and I, in fact, if you want to help me distribute, if you're local, Yuba Sutter, and you, you have a little time and you'd like to install, put up some of my flyers on like bulletin boards, like in laundromats or gyms or wherever, any public place, they advertise Dr. Cassidy and I uh, as helping anybody to uh, deal with their addiction, whether it's cigarettes on up to fentanyl, everything in between, alcohol, everything. And so uh, I'm going to give you some phone numbers. And if you want to write those down or if you want to help me take down my number, I'm going to give that to you. And you could, uh, in fact, I'd be able to help you with your gas and everything. If you just get some up, I, I just want to get our word out farther than it already is. So Peachtree Clinic, if you have addiction issues, uh, if your brother does, don't call for your brother. We want the people who are addicted to call. So call 530-749-3242, 749-3242, that's Peachtree Clinic. You'll get an auto attendant, work through to you, get a live person, and ask for Joe Cassidy, Dr. Cassidy. He's a regular doctor. If you want him for your regular doctor, that's fine. But if you have addiction issues, he's, he's the duck to talk to. And uh, if they say, oh, well, he's really busy, Dr. Jones is also good, just say, I need to talk to Dr. Cassidy. So if there's any problem with that, and they not helpful to you they get confused over there just say just excuse yourself be kind to them don't cuss don't blow them up just take this number and text it 530-682-8648 that's 682-8648 that's his cell number dr cassidy don't call it don't blow it up just text it and stop at that point if you don't get a call back either he's really busy or you've misdialed that's possible still today. If you don't get a call back, don't keep blowing up his phone. Call me. Call or text me either way, either any day of the week, night or day, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. We will hook you up, and uh, we will get you started towards uh, getting your life back. Okay, I want to mention also Thrifty Rooter and uh, – I was just looking at their website again this week because I was trying to get the counties, all the counties that they work in. I always talk about Yuba Sutter, but I think they're involved in more counties than that because I've seen other comments on the web, on uh, the Internet, about Thrifty Rooter up in Butte County or Nevada County. And so anyway, if you can hear my voice around Northern California and you've got problems with plumbing or septic, you need your septic tank pumped, or you need your lines cleaned out, or you need a repair, or you need a clean out put in. You can go to thriftyrooter.net to see what they do. Thriftyrooter.net, R O O T E R, that's rooter, like root of a tree. Thriftyrooter.net. Check out all that they do. You can send them a message off of that, but if, but if you'd like to just dial them up or text them, actually, you can't text this number. This is a landline, I think. So dial them up at 530 673 8201 you're not going to get a long ring with with nobody calling you back they have actual dispatchers that answer the phone 
and dispatch somebody to help you. So 530-673-8201 for Thrifty Rooter. And uh, Elite Universal Security out at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. They started this amazing business in Yuba County, but now they're all over Northern California. So if you're listening from another county up here and you think, ah, I could use a part-time job being a guard or something, you know, clearing people to come in the courthouse or go into somewhere, uh, they'll put you to work, even if it's part-time. They're looking for workers. And so you can reach Elite Universal Security at 749-0280. That's 530 area code, 749-0280. So they need workers, and they need, they're always looking for more jobs. That's why I'm talking about it, because they can help you keep your stuff, your stuff, keep vandalism from happening or people just leaving trash. For instance, uh, I put got Thrifty Rooter. They're also looking for plumbers, by the way. They will train you. If you can, uh, anyway, they, I can't get all the details. They will train you. Call Thrifty Rooter if you want a job with them. But if, Elite Universal Security, if you want a job with them. But uh, people are just trashing property. They're trashing property. They're moving into houses and buildings that are vacant and just setting up. And uh, they're taking farm equipment. They're taking parts off farm equipment. They're taking equipment electronics off radio stations i mean it's you know it's lawless out there it's it's a country that the our founding fathers hoped would never come to pass is that people would act lawless and take advantage of their neighbor elite universal security can help and you can reach them they have dispatchers as well i've called them i've actually been in the dispatch center elite universal security and uh, call them at 530-749-0280, or you could go on the internet, EliteUniversalSecurity.com. And they, they do lots of other stuff, like they do concealed weapons permits. They help you with spraying chemicals to keep rascals off you, all kinds of stuff. So check it out. Also want to mention uh, Greenitz Construction, uh, Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page or GreenitzConstruction.com. You could look at his I'm I'm hooked up to him on Facebook, and he's constantly sending me pictures and others' pictures of the jobs he does. And I just think, you know, that's I just I'm, I'm in awe of the work, and uh, and I'm so proud of the, some of the people that I know that do the work. So I just think these guys are some of the most amazing craftsmen and crafts ladies. If there's any ladies out there, uh, so give him a shout. You can text him off his uh, platforms, or you could. Text him or dial him up at his cell number, 530-682-9602. You can text him or call him. And uh, if he doesn't answer, you'll get his voice, and he will be the one calling you back. If you somebody picks up the phone, it's very rare if his wife ever picks it up. But but you're going to talk to him, so get your have your powder dry. Okay, I'm going to go back here and get into some business here, and uh, we're in our fifth segment then we got one more, so I want to kind of try to plow through and cover some cool things. Uh, just a couple short things. Uh, Sacramento, uh, again, uh, I know we have more conservative, um, not very conservative, but more conservative res- uh, representatives here for Sacramento government. Uh, but uh, they're not fighters. They're not real fighters. Uh, Kevin Kiley's a fighter, but he's going to be moving up, hopefully, to the Congress. And uh, But this is some comments that are going on. Uh, 
If you ever wondered what the, Demo- what the Democratic Party is about, it's about racism and death. And if you're ever confused about who pushed slavery and tried to keep the blacks on the plantation, uh, there, there isn't any debate about this. And they're also the they're the ones that have been pushing abortion from the very beginning. And so when um, the when the um, different perspectives were leaked, the Alito perspective or his views on Roe versus Wade were leaked and uh, suggested that Roe versus Wade was never in the Constitution and should never have been allowed to be a federal decision. It's a state decision, which that's the way most attorneys see it. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has decided to make the abortion trade uh, California to be the center of it. And so he's willing to, they're passing legislation now to offer travel and other expenses to be paid to women from other states who come to California to kill their babies. And if you wonder whether Gavin's going to donate that from his relatives, the Pelosi's and the Gettys and all those, no, they're, they're actually going to take that out of your pocket and my pocket, and we're going to be killing to import uh, moms, fly them in on Southwest Air probably, and put them up in a place and have abortion, put them up in a place for a little R&R to overcome the immediate effects of the abortion and then fly them back, and we're going to be paying for that. And uh, so we got some bills that are being fast-tracked to the legislature and just wanted you to know that. Um, the two guys, the guys up around this area probably won't be voting for that, but uh, they probably won't do much than just vote. Like, they could really embarrass and throw a stink. Now, if, you, if the shoe was on the other foot, don't you think that the liberals would be throwing a, a royal fit about something that we'd try to push back they didn't really like? So um, we even have a state senator, Andres Borges, a Fresno Republican, just like it's California Republicans, said he supported sending the proposed amendment to voters so they could have their say. In other words, some of them are saying, hey, we ought to let the we ought to let the folks in the state of California vote on this. But they're going to pass it through. And um, so that's that's that. Did you know that that California spending, you'd think that if the state population doubles or the county population doubles, then spending might double, maybe, right? Would that have any logic to it? It could be. It could be logical, right? So Edward Ring, who's a great writer, said that in one decade, California spending, this is the government spending, this isn't what you spent doubled so from 2012 and 13 to 2022 right we've we've doubled the spending but the state uh has only increased the population has only increased 3.1 percent in that decade in fact right now i think it's it's uh reducing by a couple hundred thousand a year but over the whole decade, the population of California went up. Of the same decade we're talking about, the spending actually doubled 
And that's too, and we're not saying, oh, inflation, that's why it got big. No, 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 we're adjusting all the figures for the inflation. So you're looking at apples to apples, oranges to oranges. So you you doubled in spending in the 10 years from 2012 to 2022. But the population only went up by 3.1%. Where did all the money go? The spending... 10 years ago was $3,124 per person that lived in California, big or small, young or old. It's now up to 6,023 per person. I want to ask you this question. If you've lived here for 10 years, can you define or put your finger on as someone once said, where's the, what you got, what benefits? I mean, are the roads better? Are what's better? Are, is service better? Government service better? Everything that I would look at, all the indicators I would look at, are far worse. In fact, Ed Ring says by almost every ob- objective measure, Californians are worse off today than ten years ago. Back in June 2012, the average cost of a home in California was an outrageous three hundred seven thousand dollars. Now that's if you're in if you're in Northern California, you think, well, that can't be true. That's not how it was up here. That's true, but we're the low folks. We're, we're the we're the we bring the average down. It's all the people in the urban areas, right? As of June t- 2022, the average cost of a home in California is just over eight hundred thousand dollars. Is that amazing? Now that's not true where I live, but I'm saying when you add up, see that where I live is is small population in rural California. When you go into where there's 5 million, 10 million, 15 million people, that's when you're getting the expensive homes. So think about it. Ask a farmer, is it easier to farm now than 10 years ago? Ask a businessman, is it easier to do business than 10 years ago? Is your neighborhood safer than it was 10 years ago? Are the roads in Marysville better than 10 years ago? We have as much, you know, it's interesting. The water project that was started in the late 50s, early 60s by Edmund Pat Brown, Jerry Brown's father. That, that, uh, the water project, state of California water project was never allowed to be finished. But while it was never allowed to be finished, like we got Lake Orville out of it and we snuck in Bullard's Bar Dam out of it, upgraded Bullard's Bar. So it never was finished, but the population in the state has doubled. And and yet they won't allow us to build a dam, though they've we passed many dam or water bonds. But they keep spending them on other stuff. The only thing I think is increased in California is perverts and liars. I think that there is every day there's an article like right now. Did you see where the Democrats are going to study? They're not going to pass a a amnesty on gas taxes to lower the price of gas in California. They're going to study it and see why the evil corporations are taking advantage of poor Californians. You know, the only people that are really taking advantage of citizens in California are corrupt perverts 
in Sacramento. I say perverts with a purpose. Uh, when you make decisions, you don't have to be a transsexual, homosexual, bisexual, whatever sexual, beast, have sex with animals. You don't have to be all that to be all that. If you're making laws and making and providing leadership for the state, when you pass laws that are evil, that are a perversion, when you pass laws putting our kids at jeopardy in school by allowing boys to go into girls' rooms and to change change clothes and to portray themselves as a girl and hang out around girls, uh, you're a pervert. When you are involved in perverting justice, that's evil. When you lie to your constituents, that's evil. You're a pervert. So we have, and, and the Bible is very clear about this, and it just calls, calls judges evil judges. It calls, the, it calls for the overthrow of kings and judges that are evil describes their acts district attorneys that are evil people like this lady back in uh, Loudoun County caused multiple girls to get raped caused another another one just recently Gus Guscone down in uh, LA we have two El Monte law enforcement young law enforcement people murdered by this guy that should have never been on the streets. And he's still out in the media justifying giving the guy probation. This guy was um this guy was a career criminal. Unbelievable. These are perverts, people. These are people that pervert justice, pervert right and wrong, undermine, lie, cheat, steal. All kinds of them stealing money. They're making money. They're, they're investing their money because they know how the formula thing's going to work out. They know how the fuel thing's going to work out because they're making decisions in back rooms, and then they go out and invest their money. Pelosi's, all of them, Dems and Republicans people. So I just wanted to mention that. So you think, you remember I said to you the reason we're having inflation? Excessive spending and printing of money. Money doesn't, it just, all that, all that's in your pocket is your trust and confidence that the system's going to keep on flowing. There is nothing behind that money. There's no gold behind that money. There's nothing there. There's nothing. It's not substantiated by anything. This is, this is a very fascinating article because, uh, I ran across this uh, and it caught my attention because I was a chaplain for Yuba City Fire from about nine, 1992 to, I can't remember when it kind of, I kind of faded away is what I did. So I was looking at this and we've been talking about Teslas and how, how dirty they are. Not physically dirty, but the fact is, you know, they say fossil fuels are dirty. They're pollutants. No, 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 no. Electric cars are the biggest polluters. 
They're excessive, egregious polluters. And so uh, a, a Tesla caught on fire. And did you know that in their manual, they've actually checked all these. These are this is so amazing to me. Oh, wait a minute. I got to take a break. No, we're going to do our last session. Be right back. California announced it wants to ban all gas-powered cars by 2035, so Californians responded by buying electric vehicles. But Pacific Gas and Electric has already announced that this summer there will be blackouts and brownouts because the grid can support air conditioning or charging cars, but not both. Oh, and they're shutting down their last nuclear power plant, which provides carbon-free energy. Which means California is going to have to burn more fossil fuels to create the electricity to charge their electric cars so they can go green. Basically, California is switching from cigarettes to crack for healthier lungs. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. It's been over 15 months since the $2 trillion American Rescue Plan, as I refer to it, the Biden bailout bill, was signed into law sparking the highest inflation in 40 years. Inflation has risen 12.2% since Joe Biden took the oath of office. We have seen gas prices surge to 109% above since Joe Biden took the oath of office. I want to thank Chairman for uh, agreeing to, to hold this oversight hearing We've been asking for it for some time, and yet uh, this oversight hearing undercut by the fact that President Biden's uh, rescue czar, Gene Sperling, and Treasury Secretary Yellen are not here. Mr. Chairman, as you know, I sent you a letter requesting you add a second panel of executive branch witnesses for the hearing so Mr. Sperling and Secretary Yellen could answer the questions they have thus far ignored from our timeless efforts, one after another, and I ask unanimous consent to submit the letter to the record. Without objection. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Sperling was appointed to oversee the implementation of this $2 trillion boondoggle. Secretary Yellen's department is responsible for administering over $1 trillion worth of its programs and benefits. Many of these made it more rewarding to stay out of the workforce. In 2021, then seek gainful employment, worsening the labor and supply chain problems we see today. For over a year, we have cataloged numerous examples of ridiculous waste of federal tax dollars from the American Rescue Plan, $1,400 stimulus checks to Japanese citizens living in Japan, $783 million to checks to prisoners, $2 million to purchase a ski area, $140 million for luxury hotel developments in Florida, $20 million to modernize fish hatcheries in Maine, $4 million for a bird sanctuary, $2 million for a golf course. Sounds like a lot, but there's a lot more. 
$15 million of taxpayer dollars to help develop a venue in New Jersey to host the 2026 World Cup. $7 million to social media influencers to promote seafood. $2 million to plant trees in New York. $5 million for a moonshine walking trail. $7 million for horse racing in Arizona. $250,000 for pickleball courts. $800,000 for luxury apartments in Connecticut and $4 million for beach bathrooms and parking lots in South Carolina. This list goes on and on. This is why we need answers from the administration. So what did American families get? I'll tell you, they got higher prices and lower real wages. Inflation began to rise to the fastest level in 40 years the month after Democrats passed the $2 trillion bill. Inflation was 1.7% in February of 2021, the month before passage of this boondoggle. The economy shrank 1.5% in the first quarter of 2022, 4.4 percentage points lower than where the Congressional Budget Office said it should be prior to passage of this boondoggle. The labor force participation rate is still below pre-COVID levels. The deficit in 2021 was $517 billion higher than the Congressional Budget Office said it would have been before passage of this boondoggle. At $2.78 trillion deficit, it was the second highest deficit in the history of this nation. Interest rates are rising faster than, than it has seen in 30 years. When Joe Biden took office, the CBO predicted no tax rates until 2024. We have two already, one expected this week. In February 2021, CBO reported that the economic growth would return to pre-pandemic levels by the middle of last year, and unemployment would continue to decline, all without further federal government stimulus. Despite this, and with $1 trillion in unspent COVID money, Democrats chose to gamble with the financial security of the American people. Our Democrat colleagues are holding this hearing to take a victory lap to, that which shows just how out of touch they are with what real Americans are facing with uncontrollable inflation. I yield back. I've been laying low Spending time alone Conversations with the wall Hanging on All right, we're doing our last session. So do you know that in the man, there's manuals on how to run your car, right? But then there's manuals also for industry. For instance, they tell the fire departments how much water... Uh, it will probably take if the if a if a Tesla catches on fire, and so uh, Tesla, the Model S emergency response guide, I never heard of such a thing, from 2016 states that 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 uh, between 3,000 and 8,000 gallons of water will be needed to extinguish extinguish a battery fire. Did you consider that that when you called it green? Have you ever had battery acid on your clothes? Man, we're talking about some funky stuff. Or have you ever handled batteries? They're, they're, it's a special time of funk, type of funk. 
Or have you ever said, you know, the thing, be careful, the battery may blow up. Can you imagine battery acid blowing up in your face? So when you have you seen car fires, I've seen all kinds of car fires. There's just car fires are very common. And we would go out on car fires or Yuba City Fire. And and I don't I've never asked them. In fact, I may call them and ask them how many gallons it takes those big on the tanker or the pumper truck. In the pumper truck, there's 500-gallon reservoir that they carry where they don't have to hook up to a hydrant. So a lot of times they can knock off a fire with just what's on the truck, and then they just refill from a hydrant. But but they would have to hook up to a hydrant to put down this battery fire because they the the guide uh, is going to is says you're going to spend that kind of water. That's an amazing amount of water, right? So it shows this Tesla, man. It is like gone, 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 gone. And this is in Sacramento, California. And uh, this this car had been taken to the wrecking yard because it had been uh, in a big crash. And so while it was sitting there, it just spontaneously went up. They spent 45 gallon, 100 gallons of water to get that thing stopped. Those batteries from just spewing fire. Had you ever considered that a downside of, of battery-powered cars? There, you got a thousand pounds of batteries in these things, and it took forty-five hundred gallons. And uh, anyway, the uh, Parker Wilborn with Sacramento Municipal Fire Department said, "We are still trying to wrap our heads around." electric vehicle fires yeah they're they're toxic baby nobody nobody none of the green people wanted to talk about how toxic they are there's been all kinds of fire in an unrelated incident last month it says a driver in vancouver had to kick out the windows when his tesla model y caught fire jamil jutha broke through his window after an electrical malfunction caused the vehicle doors to lock shut, leaving him trapped like in a microwave, baby, trapped as smoke began pouring in through the vents of his car. Chief Brian Hutchinson of North Vancouver Fire and Rescue said, we're very fortunate that this individual had the wherewithal that word wherewithal, baby, have you ever been under pressure, under panic, and tried to talk, call 911? The wherewithal, that is a mouthful. The individual had the wherewithal and the strength to kick the window out. Have you ever tried to kick a window out of a car? There are devices you could buy that are a little pointy metal thing that you can just hit it with that without much strength, and you can just totally fracture the window. I recommend I have one. I recommend uh, everyone get one of those and keep in their glove box because if you ever need to knock the window out from the inside, it just takes one little swipe. No, not difficult at all. It's just the the metal and the pointiness of it. (laughs) But I'm telling you, when you're under pressure and smoke's coming in or water's coming in, think about that. You you run off the road and go down. I've I've I know people that have gone into the water in the car, man. It's all just like. Whoa, look out. What do we do now? Like your, your brain is like frying. So that's something you probably didn't think about. Green cars, green anything, there's nothing green about it. 
It's just like a con person, a con man, or a con woman telling you like, oh, this is going to work out fine. Every, oh, yeah, give us $5,000 and we'll do this if it's <laughs> green is too good to be true. It just isn't true. And I could, we can talk solar. We can talk, uh, oh, what's the other one? Solar, uh, bird blenders. We could talk all of them. I'll, I'll break it down for you. I will break it. It isn't even close, people. It's a total scam. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about next week. I'm going to talk about plastic recycling. You think, oh, I'm, I'm, you're virtual singling. You've got a little bag in, in your house putting all the plastic in it. does absolutely no good. They're not even recycling it. It's a big scam. I'm going to tell you the whole story. It's a, it's a fascinating story how we got scammed into this from the 1970s. I'm telling you, most everything that you're told is a complete fabrication and lie. We're living in a total fan, fantasia age. It's all fantasy. It's scam. It's all scam to take your money from you and rip you off. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I've, for this facts track abortion issue is actually going to be not just a law, but an amendment to the Constitution. Hold that thought. That's something interesting, right? Something interesting for you. Uh, okay, so I, regarding water f- fights, uh, there's a lawsuit. It, there's, they want to build a dam down in Santa Clara County. It's a good idea. They need it. And there's a $2.5 billion uh, dam project they want to it, – it's raised when they first started talking about it. It was $900 million. Now it's like three times that almost. And uh, so now there's all these people going to sue them, say, oh, it's impossible. It's going to ruin the rest of the world. You know, it's going to be – the sky will fall if you build a dam. Somehow – I think what we need is smoke and mirrors and just have pictures of water around. If you have enough pictures of water along the freeway, people won't seem so thirsty. Um, so let me see. Where do we want to go from here? Oh, my, Mount St. Helens. Do you remember Mount St. Helens? Uh, I'm not just trying to fill in time. I'm just trying to pick which things I think make a big point. Mount St. Helens was a... Uh, semi-active mountain volcanic mountain in the state of washington and it blew up and i'm trying to find the uh the location of my article so i could give you a couple comments about it but i can do it probably from memory as well but mount st helens uh let's see it's a water fight oh okay they gotta go this way mount st helens blew up it just it started smoking and they tried to, they went around to all the people lived around Mount St. Helens and they said, hey, get out, get out, get out. And it blew up, man. It The top just blew off that place. And it blew up so bad or so intensely that, that that soot just went on for miles and miles and hundreds of miles and it just like powdered everything. And so there were all these cool pictures of like all the... Uh, Oh, trees and, you know, flora and fauna just blasted everywhere. So uh, anyway, I wanted to, there's a picture that I can't show you, obviously, but this happened in 1980. And uh, 
So there were two distinct responses like, okay, what do you have? What happens when the mountain blows up? Like some people own some property there and like, then there's timber companies and then there's the government manages property there. So, so it's a, it's a great example of how you can compare with the private, private industry, how they took care of putting property back together and how the the government put property back together because now we were under the rule of well nature knows best just leave everything alone and it will be fine it's just like a, whenever i i was thinking of an analogy before the show and i thought at riverfront park where we play soccer down there between our two cities it's in a flood zone so occasionally every several years that area floods the city doesn't flood but that lowland floods and it really mucks up the soccer fields, and we have to go in there and re-clean up the soccer fields, to lack of a better word. We have to push things around and clean the streets off and all that kind of stuff. But m- nature does not do that for us. When the, when the high water comes, just it brings some s- silt and a few branches and garbage, and you know, so you have to go in there and do a cleanup, right? Human beings have to do the cleanup to maintain the park so with mount st helens and with our forests the environmental lobby says nature knows best if you just let everything alone we should just rewild everything it will all in over the long run it will be best here's what happened with mount st helens if you fly over it there's this really cool picture this aerial picture i have and it shows where the timber companies went in and salvaged all the damaged wood right these are trees that either partially caught on fire or were just snapped off. So they took all the wood out, dead and dying wood, and then they immediately replanted with seedlings. And and, night, and so they, they got that started. So today, those areas that were replanted with seedlings are just totally lush and green with big, beautiful trees. In the areas that Congress had in charge was in charge in the Bureau of Land Management that in 1982, Congress officially let nature take its course. This is so stupid on the federal lands in the blast zone by establishing the Mount St. Helens National Volcanic Monument. So they made a monument out of a mess. The monument is managed by the U.S. Forest Service, which I think is under the Bureau of Land Management. To protect the geologic, this listen to the sound of this. To protect the geologic, ecologic, and cultural resources of a of an explosion, allowing geologic forces and ecologic succession to continue substantially unimpeded. Now, does that sound like what? Are, what do we really say there? What's it going to look like? So the the writer says this photo shows the distinction between two management practices. The areas that were promptly salvaged and replanted are currently thriving forests that have already received sustainable management practices resulting in clean, renewable forest product development. In other words, if you have forests, that helps your water systems, that helps, helps your flora and your fauna, all your bugs, all your creatures come back, right? The Mount St. Helens National Volcanic Monument is in a different way reminding us of the free of the force of nature. The unmanaged areas will likely take hundreds of years for a forest to reestablish there. This is just one example <coughs> that shows the difference between 
leaving things to nature and then let uh, and have man manage it. Now, it's interesting that God put Adam. You can you know, the Bible has all these <laughs> all these examples in it. It's hilarious. So God create Adam, Adam and Eve. That's our English counterpart word for it and puts him in the garden. He just, and everything's already there. It's operational. But he says, take care of it, manage it, right? So let me tell you a story that Ronald Reagan tells. He said about this guy who's, who's a pastor. And uh, so uh, this, uh, one of his uh, attendees or con- whatever you call them, I don't remember, some members of the church, he says, hey, you ought to come out sometime. I've got about this property. It's a little rough. It needs to be reworked. It's, uh, you know, kind of just let it's overrun. It's it's a mess. Da da da. Uh, weeds, rocks in the pasture. And he said, we're working. We're going to make a farm out of it. And the pastor said, oh, that's good, brother. You know, hang in there, dude. And I uh, hope he, he knew the property. So, you know, life goes on. Year, you know, year or two goes by. And finally, this guy's really got this farm going. And uh, he starts bringing vegetables in and pro- produce off the farm. And and he's selling animals. And, you know, he's got it going on. And so so the pastor, he invites the pastor to come out and check the farm out. So the pastor, you know, so the pastor, you know, uses all this religious cliches like, oh, the Lord's really going to bless your brother. And <laughs> you just pray. I'm going to pray that the Lord blesses you and helps you with that project and gives you wisdom. And so the pastor finally comes out, and he checks the, the place was lush. It was just like the guy said. Many had animals. He had corrals. He had trees, you know, fruit trees. He had rows of vegetables. And he said, man, the Lord really has done, a, done an amazing thing with your property. And how the Lord has blessed you. And went on and on and on about the Lord. And finally, the farmer said, he says, well, man, you should have seen it when the Lord had it all on his own. So stupid environmentalists have no idea how unproductive and screwed up our country is if you just leave it up to God on his own. Not being disrespectful at all. God put us here to have dominion over and manage the situation. In, in our country. In fact, I've told people, oh, you know, when the Maidu had this and when the Native Americans, indigenous people and this and that, oh, well, you know, we're, we need to provide the, all this water to the ocean. I thought if, if we didn't have these dams, there wouldn't be no water going to the ocean. It'd all be gone. And there wouldn't be no water up here. Just funky little streams. The reason we have all the water to the ocean, the water to the farms is because we manage everything. And it's the same thing with, with uh, I've told people this before. People think, oh, well, you know, how, how man is just mismanaged. No, it's, it's just the opposite. There has never been in the history of the earth as many trees in the Sacramento Valley as we have right now. You know why? Because man and women have come up here and planted bajillions of trees. In fact, my Afghan friends have just developed, helped develop 1.2 million grapevines on 100 acres out here in Federer Boulevard that are going to be sold all over North America. 
Those are grapevines that did not exist last year. 1.2 million. Sierra Gold Nurseries right here in our area makes millions of trees. All kinds of nurseries. When you drive around up and down our valley, we have millions. Of, I planted 8,000 pomegranate trees back 10, 15 years ago. 8,000. It, it was a small little plot. Nothing. Every one of those trees puts off oxygen and sucks in carbon dioxide. All this talk is nonsense. I'm telling you people, put on your brain. Plug in your brain. Plug in your brain. You're being lied to, suckered. Oh, you have to ask for a straw now. I'd love it when when wait when servers come up and just throw a straw on the table. I don't ever use a straw. I never have used straws. I just drink out of the cup. But I love it when they do it because that's freedom. It's like screw the little kid that came up with the stupid idea. The kid, the kid, the only reason we pushed that is some parents got all caught up and thought their kid was a super brain and he was an idiot. The kid that came up with that idea of saving straws to save a life of a, some kind of a porpoise was a nutcase. He'll probably shoot up a school before it's over. Stupid. All these plastic nonsense is stupid. And I'm going to tell you all about it. It's going to blow your mind next week. It's just absolutely stupid. We use, I told the Galatasaray, they always ask me, you want some plastic bags, Lou? I said, don't want any plastic bags. I said, I use, I got more funky bags stuck all over my house with all this bag nonsense now than I ever did before we did the bag nonsense. And I don't buy bags. I won't spend money for bags. And they constantly are, put put everything we got more plastic, and the best thing was is to have paper. Paper was a good value. Just It's just crazy. I want to read Americans. America, did you know America had a creed? William Tyler Page wrote, I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy in a republic a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon the principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortunes. I, therefore, believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies." This was written in 1917, accepted by the United States House of Representatives on April 3, 1918. It'd be a good deal for your kids to memorize it and embrace it. See you next week. God bless you. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day And the dark sacred night And I think to myself